can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. I did something last night that was really out of character, Joe, that I wanted to mm. talk to you about. And I wanted to ask if you've ever done this. So okay. you know how like in lockdowns, like I never put any effort into anything and I just yeah. start to feel a bit about myself. Yeah. So last night I decided, I was like, I am going to fake tan every single piece of skin on my body except my vagina. Do you not usually do that? <laughs> no, I you, usually. Hang on, wait. You yep. selectively tan areas. You don't do your whole yes. body. Yes. Yeah. Really? I, o- I only fake tan my like upper, particularly like if I'm just, if it's winter and I'm not, I don't have an intimate partner. Oh, but you're, you're there anyway. Why wouldn't you just do the whole lot? <laughs> um, it's really time consuming. Okay. It's like an extra five minutes, Joe. Yeah, in the, all right. <laughs> in, the, in the bathroom in winter. No, mm-hmm. I don't think so. So, last, so do you usually do your like your butt cheeks and yeah? So is this just me that doesn't do I this? I think it might be just you. Maybe I'm the weird one. I don't know. So I basically the but the only issue with this is is that I know you are quite flexible. So I basically yes. woke up this morning and my body was like I used the Tuscan tan tanning foam and yes. every part of my body was like a beautiful golden brown mm. color. And then I turn around before I'm getting in the shower. I'm like, oh. My back, like just the middle part of my back, is not is not tanned. Oh, I mean, yeah. what can you do? Like, yeah, what can you do? I mean, you could get that loving tan back applicator. I thought you had that. No, I don't have that. But I have tried to do that. I think I just need to get a bit. Like, I've tried to use like a stick. Like, yeah, a, I'm not a sticker. <laughs> What's the thing that you stir food with? A wooden spoon. Yeah. So, <laughs> lost my words. So I I put like I put the meat in a wooden spoon and try to get yeah. get my back. But the pressure, you can't get the same pressure. You can't, yeah. And you can't get the same circular motions either. It's a bit pathetic. Um yeah. but yeah, so that's what I did last night. And I just woke up feeling like a million bucks today. No, me and my housemate did that the other night. We looked at each other and said, Should we put some tan on? And we both said yes. We went and had showers and put fresh tan on. And we both found a million bucks. I would highly recommend it to anyone that's stuck in lockdown and wanting to freshen themselves up. Yes, because our Sydney friends yeah. won't realise oh. what they're they won't realise what they're getting into, whereas we know where we were at at that three to four month mark. Um, oh, guys. And, you know, sometimes that can just, you know, have a self-care day if you need it. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to take some time out for yourself. It's uh, We can vouch for the fact that it really sucks and there's really nothing we can say to make you feel better. And even if no one else sees your tanned butt cheeks but you, yes. at least you know you've enjoy got tanned it. butt. Enjoy yeah. it. Put yeah. a G-string on, look at your bum yep. in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. I actually did do that last night. I didn't yeah. put a G-string on. I put like lacy undies um, yeah. just to like check. <laughs> oh, plus I also had the M-sculpt, so my butt oh, is looking. Oh, yes. How is that going, by the way? I swear 
my butt has never looked better. It's really? like I, it's actually worked. I keep looking at my bum in the mirror and I'm like, wow. It just Have you looks- got before and afters? There, I'm going back. So I've done the four treatments and then I go, you go back, I think, in six weeks to get your yeah. after photo taken. Oh my God. I, I don't know whether, like, it's just me, but I really think my butt looks. Can amazing. you please send me those before and afters as soon as you have them? Like, I, I need will, to see I this. will. I will. Yeah, it just looks like just juicy. It looks juicier. Okay. So you've had like a non surgical BBL then. <laughs> like, I just thought it looked really. Um, plump and and I just mm. yeah we love a plump love that face we, we love. love plump skin so yeah look I don't know that I'd recommend it for three thousand bucks but oh, yes. I'm loving myself sick seriously yeah and and speaking of butts actually while we're on the topic did mm. you see I posted on Instagram did you see JLo and yes. Ben on the boat I absolutely did I'm it living really, for this if anything's it, keeping me alive right now it's Benefer. Uh, Thank you. They are going, yeah. We have to thank them for just. Yes. Thank you for bringing this. This is what we needed. They, it's like they knew what we needed and they knew they needed to get back together just to give the world something. And I really appreciate it. Do you ever feel like, so basically the photo I'm talking about is, do you remember like Je- uh, Jenny from the block, the mm. song, he was on a boat, like caressing her bottom. And mm. now in real life, 17 <laughs> years later, they're on a boat again. And he's like squeezing her butt again. It's just beyond I will sexy. say that his back tat is a big ick for me. <laughs> <laughs> like Ben Affleck is it. like top 10 hot guys oh. in the world, but that back tat, I'd almost say no. I can I I think it's just as I said on my Instagram, I think it's so unexpected that it's actually really sexy and it's like he's but saying I politely I, disagree. <laughs> <laughs> he it's like he's saying I don't give a f- what what you think about me. I'm rocking mm. this full color phoenix on my back. If you haven't seen Ben Affleck's tattoo, and some people may not have, Google Ben Affleck back tattoo. You'll mm. be pleasantly you'll be shook. either shocked or surprised or yeah. turned on. Or I'm both. not sure. <laughs> or both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. The only thing I wanted to ask you, if you were J-Lo or Ben Affleck's ex-husband and wife, so Mark Anthony yeah. and Jennifer Garner, how yeah. would you be feeling right about now? I'd be feeling well, terrible. I, yeah. It's like they always loved each other. Like I they know. Were, it is a real stab in the <laughs> chest, isn't <laughs> like it? Like they always were meant to be. I yeah. truly believe they were meant to be together. Although I'm pretty sure Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner have a really good co-parenting relationship from what I've read. So They do. They I do, think she's a lovely it's... person. I don't think she'd be feeling as spiteful because they split up so long ago and he cheated on her with he cheated on her with a nanny. So I think she's probably come to terms with the fact that she doesn't want to be with him, but it still would hurt seeing that he's with J-Lo, who's arguably one of the hottest (laughs) 50-something-year-olds in the world. She's the hot, one of the hottest, like, women, period. I think A-Rod would be feeling, A-Rod would be burning. (laughs) Because that's so recent as well. I do feel like it's definitely a stab in the heart for A-Rod. That they yeah. were engaged and yeah. next minute next minute she's on a boat with Ben Affleck. Yeah, she's and he's caressing there, her bottom. Yeah. Respect. <laughs> respect to her, totally. <laughs> <laughs> All anyway, right. We've gone way off topic. 
<laughs> this is a lifestyle podcast now. We actually don't do it. It's relevant <laughs> because we love J Lo, obviously. Yeah, it is relevant. She just turned yeah. she did turn fifty two and yeah. I am just in shock. Mm. So what's on today's episode, Joanna? Okay. So on today's episode we're talking about mispronunciations. We've got a few good ones in there for you. And then we're chatting to Dr. Shamala Gunathesan about perioral dermatitis, which has been a very popular request. And of course, our products we didn't know we needed. Hannah, you've mispronounced quite a few words on this podcast before, and it constantly brings me life. I love it. It keeps me entertained. Um, but there's been several things that I've said before that I I realized later as an adult that I've been saying wrong this whole time. And yep. I know a few of those things for you have been brand names. So later on, we're going to go through some different brand names and just just inform you guys of the pronunciation, just in case, you know, you're talking to your friends about a new brand and you say it wrong and then they all make you feel embarrassed. So we're going to go through that I list. can see Dr. Harushka's on the list. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, that, that one um, was for you, Hannah. How funny that this has come up because I was recording with my mum the other day and mm-hmm. she said, she said, um, blah, 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 blah. She was talking about Virgin River and she goes, you know, Jack Sheridan, Acker, Martin Henderson. And I, <laughs> she just kept talking. I go, sorry, stop. Aka. I was like, what does that mean? It's AKA. Like, oh, also known as. Did she not realise that was like a She's been an saying ac- an Aka for 60 years, thinking that Aka was the way that you said it and Aka meant oh. horse. Yeah, she, I was like, I cannot believe you've been saying that for so long. Oh, yeah. It was so funny. I died. There was a few that came up like quite often in this question box that I put on my stories. Okay. The most popular one was uh, play it by year, yeah. which is actually play it by ear. I think play it by year actually makes more sense. More sense. Same. It does, doesn't it? Totally. I've said this for years. Like I probably discovered this a few years ago, but I'd been saying it my whole life and I I have to remind myself every time I say it that it's ear, not ear. Do you do that too? I prefer play it by ear. Same. Play it by ear doesn't sound right. How about we just change it? Let's let's, let's just, just change, change it, it to play it yeah. by ear because play yeah. it by ear, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Play it by mean? ear. Let's see what happens yeah. next year. Yes, you know? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. 100%. Let's change that. Yeah. Um, the other one that a few people sent through was might as well. And some people were saying Moses well or Miles well. I don't know yeah. where they I don't know where that's come from. from. Yeah, I thought might as well was pretty, yeah, <laughs> Easy. pretty self-explanatory. Another one that people were getting wrong was acai. Um, someone sent her pronunciation through and they were saying acacia, which my ex-boyfriend <laughs> actually used to do. He'd be like, can I get an acacia bowl? And I'm like, it's an acai no. bowl. <laughs> yeah. I think that's totally fair though because I was actually, I first learnt of acai in, when I was in Brazil. I'd never heard of it and I saw it, this was like many years ago, and I saw it up on like a smoothie wall and I did yeah. think it. I wouldn't know how to say it. I probably think I might have said Akai, I think is probably yeah. what. Not not Akaisha, but Akai. Mm, yeah. Looks like that. It's a, it's, a, it's a difficult pronunciation. I'll give him that. Uh, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Another one that kept coming through was uh, for all intensive purposes. I for anyone agree. out there, it's actually I for agree. all intents and purposes. Not all, all intensive, intensive purposes. purposes. But it kind of also <laughs> makes sense at the same time, doesn't it? I actually think all intensive purposes sounds... It, it, it rolls off better. the tongue. Rolls it off does. the tongue. Another yep. one that we should just permanently change. I actually laughed out loud at this other one that um, someone sent through. She said, 
I say patio, but I think normal people say patio. Uh, That's because the word is patio, not patio. Patio, patio. <laughs> um, someone else said, I thought it was Chester drawers, not chest of drawers. So just saying like Chester. Um, and then another one, she thought it's a given was it's a gibbon, like a monkey. <laughs> And heaps of people also said they'd been saying pronunciation as pronunciation, which is ironic. I think I say pronunciation. Do you? Yeah, I think so. It sounds but there's be- no O just between sounds the better. I think okay. I've been saying that for sure. I pissed myself at, um, at this one. This girl wrote, the first time I saw hors d'oeuvres on the menu at my new job, I pronounced it whores devours. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. That's so true. <sighs> it's a very tricky word. It's a fully French word. For me, I find probably spelling, like there's certain words that I can't spell. So there's like mm. definitely took me a really long time. To, it's now I say it. So I say defiantly. So like I say it in my head as that and then I can print it and then I can spell it. The other one is diarrhea. So you just got to remember that there's a hoe in there. But I think yeah. there's multiple spellings of diarrhea actually. There is multiple spellings depending on where you're from. D-I-R-R-H-O-R-A. Diarrhea. Yeah. So just remember there's a hoe in there. And then in case you're sending that to people often. The other one is jewellery. I still oh, can't jewelry spell jewellery. always messes with me. I can't spell still that. Can't, still can't spell it. Also, the English language, like I honestly feel sorry for anyone whose first language is not English because it, it's so hard to learn. Like why do we have multiple versions of different words that are just said differently in different contexts? <sighs> That's so challenging. Uh, a couple of other ones that were sent through, uh, a lot of people were saying a slither of cake, not a sliver. It's actually with a V. A slither of cake. Anyone who didn't know that. Um, <gasps> another person said, I thought my dad worked in murder and propositions. He worked in mergers and acquisitions. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, and another person said, straight and arrow is actually straight and narrow. <laughs> yes, it is. I love how quirky everyone is. I know. Uh, so, so many happy. people sent ones through, but heaps of them were the same, by the way. So just so you know, if you do mispronounce something, someone else is probably doing it too. So mm. um, anyway, on to some of the brand yes. names that are commonly mispronounced. You've got this list in front of you too, Hannah. So why don't you go through them? Okay. Uh, you know okay. them all now. but yeah, No, no, go. no. Okay. Antipodes. Yes. I used to say antipodes. Yes. A lot yep. of people do. Yeah. Yeah. So I've learned this along the way. So uh, Dr. Yep. Dr. Haushka, I used to say is Dr. Harushka. There's no R mm-hmm. in there, by the way, but I used yeah, to say not. Dr. Harushka. <laughs> Dr. Haushka. Kerastas. Yes. Yep. Um, Lock. Oh my God. I used to say Locatane. Loxitan. Yeah. Yep. But I knew Loxitan was one of the ones that you, yeah. I think you asked me one day, like, how yeah. do I pronounce No, this I think brand? I just said it in a meeting and you were like, yeah. you mean Loxitan. I think I said <laughs> Locatane. It looks like Locatane. It okay. does, in fairness. Next is um, La Roche-Posay. That's a pretty easy one. Yeah, it's a pretty easy one. People do still get that wrong, though. Uh, Laneige. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aven. Aven. Yes. Aven. Aven. It's Aven. Aven. Is it Aven? Oh, yeah. okay. So I've been saying that one wrong. Okay. Christophe Robin. Yes. A lot of people not- say that Christopher Robin. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> it's not Winnie the Pooh. That's no. Who did Winnie the Pooh, isn't it? Christopher, Christopher Robin. Robin. I think so. Yeah. Um, Orbe. Yes. How would people say Orbe? Oreeb. Because it's got Oreeb. an I in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, this is a hard one. Yes. Shuamura. Yes. 
You actually said it right. Shuamura. I know, it's because I know now, but I'm wondering how I used to say it. You might have said Shuamura and it's not, you don't pronounce the U. You say it Umura. I think I just avoided saying it altogether until someone else said it. Yes. Like I yes, was fair. very, when I first started working at a door, this all made me um, very, yeah. Th- so the next one I would call Ski, but it's SK2. Yeah. <laughs> I used to call people say SK11. They call customer service. They go, I want this SK11 essence. And they're like, it's actually SK2. I used to call it ski though, not SK11. Ski. So Matthew, Matthew has access to our doc that we work on. And he's written in there from our last episode where I said jojoba. And he wrote, he wrote, Matthew just learned he's been saying jojoba wrong. He's probably been saying jojoba. Yeah. Jojoba. Yeah. Which is a common mistake though, but it's like Juan. That's that's hard, Matthew. Fair, fair that you used to say that. Jojoba. Yes, I'm sure a lot of people would. Did you used to mispronounce any um, brand names, or are you just perfect? When we first got Christoph Robin, I used to say Christoph Robin because yep. no one had corrected us. It was kind of a newish brand to Australia at the time, though, so we didn't really have like a pronunciation guide. But I think the common theme amongst these is that a lot of them are French. French, so of course. Like it's going to sound a bit wrong in our Aussie accent. Um, so that is our little mispronunciations segment. If you have any more to send in, uh, I'm more than willing to hear them. They were quite entertaining for me to read through. So, and if there's any brands that you think you might be pronouncing wrong, send us a voice memo and yes. we can let you know if you're doing it right or wrong. <laughs> I still just can't get over. I didn't realize that you'd actually written with the, um, now I can't say it, hors d'oeuvres, hors d'oeuvres, yeah, right? Yeah. So I, I didn't realise that it was spelt whores. A, she spelt it eight W-H-O-R-E-S, whores devours. I just, yeah. Okay, so she so started like, her new job and she's, oh. she thought that the hors d'oeuvres on the menu were whores devours. <laughs> <laughs> so something we get a lot of questions about is a particular concern called perioral dermatitis. So we've brought back a repeat guest. You may remember dermatologist Dr. Shamala Gunathesan from an episode we did on nails. She joins us from Ode Dermatology in Fitzroy. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Today we are talking about a very popular topic. I think when I do my little Q&As on Instagram, I get questions about perioral dermatitis, at least 10 questions every week. So I figured this would be a good time for us to break down all the information about it, work out what you can use on your skin. So let's start with what is perioral dermatitis and how would you know if you had it? So, you know, as a dermatologist, I like to call perioral dermatitis the middle child. So it's kind of straddled between acne and eczema. So mm-hmm. the way you know it is that you get these little bit of scaly spots. They're around the corner of your nose. They kind of go around your mouth. You might sometimes get these little satellite spots just around your eyes. And it's it's kind of gets a bit better with steroid creams and then it rebounds and it's worse after you stop it. And the skin just feels a bit different. So mm-hmm. my sister, who's a middle child, will appreciate this. You're not quite eczema, you're not quite acne, you're kind of caught in between. (laughs) That's a good way of putting it, a good analogy. (laughs) And is it more common in some skin types than others? I think in terms of skin type, it's more common in people who have that altered skin membrane. So people with a bit of dry skin, eczema, you do have that increased tendency. 
it's been found to also sometimes be associated with the dermadex mite. So I don't know if you've heard about the dermadex mite, but that's also implicated in rosacea. So people with rosacea, eczema, drier skin tend to have perioral dermatitis. And that's why it's so confusing to diagnose and so hard to kind of clinch the right treatment sometimes. How do you diagnose it? So I guess as a dermatologist, you know, we get trained in looking at 3,000 different rashes. So for us, it's looking at the scale, looking at the papule or the spot, the distribution. Um, But once you have it and you have it yourself, you can actually pick it when it happens again. And as you said about the middle child thing, it being in between acne and eczema, can perioral dermatitis get confused with other concerns like rosacea and acne, which can show a little bit of redness? all the time. Mm. And that is the problem because you might use some acne treatments like um, Benzac over the counter and that might inflame it and make it worse. Mm -hmm. You know, you you think you've got a bit of dry skin, so you might use a heavier moisturizer, which actually makes it worse. So it's one of those highly frustrating conditions because you try and do the researchable, Googleable treatments and it always makes it worse. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you were treating one of those concerns with a particular product, could that result in perioral dermatitis? So you're treating one thing, but you end up with the other? Yes. So you might even start with a bit of genuine eczema or dry skin, and you might use an over-the-counter topical steroid, and then you end up getting perioral dermatitis right. and get lots of these spots. And it's Yeah, I mean, I've had it before too. It can also be from sometimes using the wrong mix of cosmetic products. You know, the Mm -hmm. combination of foundation, uh, a day moisturizer, and then a night moisturizer in subjects has been shown to actually trigger perioral dermatitis. So it's almost like you've got to find this right balance of your skin hydration and your skin barrier. My, My take on it is... I see it a lot in kids, but also in women. So men mm-hmm. don't tend to have it as much. Um, in women, I really think there can be that hormonal aspect to it. If you've changed products in particular, something a bit heavier, an occlusive element to it, it makes it worse. Gut health, stress, and seasonal change can be a big thing. And mm. in, I think, about 50% of cases, there has been some sort of topical steroid use. Mm -hmm. How long does perioral dermatitis last and will it go away on its own? In most cases, if you pick the offending agent, so if you stop this topical steroid, if you stop the new cosmetic product, you get your gut health right, it does tend to peter off. The issue is we, as a dermatologist, I see the more chronic cases. And Mm. um, what happens is if you've not worked out that it could be to something that you're using, you just perpetuate the problem but it can become quite chronic. So Mm. my take on it is nail it, get the right diagnosis, get the right treatment, um, and picking out the trigger is really important. So more recently, there have been um, research papers about how certain toothpaste, dental products can also Mm. bring on perioral. So I kind of do this blast approach. So I'd say, you know what, stop all your no chewing gum, you know, get rid of some minty toothpaste for a while, get something herbal. If you're using inhaled steroids, you know, watch that too. If you've got asthma and things like that. And then the the element of building up your skin barrier is paramount. So trying to find the Mm -hmm. offending agent, get your barrier right. And sometimes you do just need a topical prescription or an um, antibiotic or a a prescription um, tablet like a vitamin A could just fix your problem. So Mm -hmm. don't, my my take on perioral is yes, it can get better, but it tends to linger on. And, you know, I've seen 
patients or clients with a bit of perioral for like two, three years. Mm. You know, they've mm. always got that spottiness. And I think, yep. nah, let's get rid of it. Yeah. And mm. as you mentioned before, it can kind of be reoccurring as well. Mm-hmm. I guess if you reintroduce those things or you do something that puts your gut out of balance, that kind of thing, it could just come back again. Yeah. I think it's people with that chronic predisposition, I think it's something to do with that internal um, stress factors or hormonal flares too mm-hmm. and gut health. Mm-hmm. And what are the biggest mistakes people with perioral dermatitis make? You've, you've touched on a few things, but what do you think the biggest things people do to kind of trigger it to happen? The main thing would be that it's obviously spotty. It's really dry at times. So you end up using like a heavier concealer or mm-hmm. foundation or a bit of Vaseline and all that kind of just clogs that area. We also tend to use a bit more steroids um, over the counter. Um, Sometimes GPs might also give you a prescription steroid to start with. And then instead of using it for a short period, we tend to use it for too long because it works. And once you stop, it rebounds. So you think, I'll just keep using it without knowing that that actually alters your your microflora on your skin, which then predisposes you to more perioral dermatitis. Mm. Sometimes because you've got pimples, you might use a bit of lactic acid or Benzac uh, wash or spot treatments, and then that flames the area in redness. So it's it's a hard thing to treat, a bit like dealing with a middle child, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just ask, this is maybe a little bit off topic, with the steroids, um, I because the topical steroids, and you said like if you use them for too long. I've, there's this girl on YouTube that I watch and she's doing all these updates at the moment on her eczema and she stopped her topical steroids and it's just like, I think it's like a withdrawal from the topical steroids and it's gone like watching her and looking at mm. her skin. It looks so painful. Do you have any like a bit more info on I guess, using topical steroids and, and as you mentioned, like using them for too long? So as a dermatologist, I love topical steroids. They work, <laughs> they they treat inflammation. Um, I'm trained in working out which potency you should use, which type, which medium, which vehicle for your kind of inflammation. But it has to be a controlled treatment plan. You know, you don't want to be someone dependent on a topical steroid because your skin barrier just changes long term. So my philosophy with this is, yes, I'm going to use that in my arsenal, but I'm going to empower you with your gut health, your exercise, intermittent fasting, you know, a bit of laser uh, barrier recalibration, ultrasound. You got to do all the other stuff so Mm -hmm. that you're not dependent on a steroid, which is more of a treatment as opposed to your long-term maintenance Mm. yeah so Mm -hmm. with this poor individual you know like it's hard that your skin's that dependent on it for that long but we've also got prescription non-topical steroids that you can use Mm -hmm. as skin maintenance so it doesn't just have to be moisturizers we got things that are not going to cause your skin to get too inflamed are not going to cause your skin to thin out the um, Mm. key ingredients like something called permicrolimus, which is a calcineurin inhibitor, but essentially it works to reduce inflammation without giving you those kind of long-term side effects of topical steroids. Mm -hmm. But in summary, dermatologists, we love it because we know how to use it. It just should not be a permanent crutch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hannah, I've seen a few of those videos on TikTok as well, that steroid withdrawal on the skin. And it does. It looks really painful. Yeah, it yeah. looks horrific. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, 
So in terms of skincare, what should you do skincare-wise if you have perioral dermatitis? Do you have any specific product recommendations? I think it's more um, how you look after your skin. So little things like only cleansing your face once a day, mostly at night after you remove all your products. I like a double cleanse, but you don't want to be overwashing your face. Mm -hmm. You want to minimize trauma to that area. You know, I've had patients over years who might even use a bit of an extra scrub around the dry flaky areas. And I think, oh no, that's actually going to make it worse. So Mm. kind of do less with your skin um, and stay away from anything too heavy. I would um, look into barrier recalibrators, as I call it. So vitamin B3 serum, um, a retinol actually at night, but in a very low percentage. So in that way, a lot of the cosmeceutical brands um, that have a very gentle retinol long term, that will actually recalibrate your skin barrier, get your skin renewal going without actually making it too irritating or too inflammatory. Vitamin C, my thing on that is I love vitamin C, but you've got to work out how it's compounded. So it has to be a low strength. It's better with some vitamins E um, and you want to maybe introduce that only after two to three weeks of treatment. And you've mentioned about the steroids and various things people shouldn't do. Are there particular products or ingredients to absolutely avoid if you're experiencing perioral dermatitis? So I'd say stay away from the -the over-the-counter acne stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, no glycolics, no lactics, no Benzacs, don't kind of over scrub your face. So I'd actually more veer towards treating dry skin. If you're, Mm -hmm. you know, um, a a consumer just trying to work out which is good, treat more kind of sensitive rosacea-like skin as opposed to that acne skin. Are there any other tips that you can offer the audience on perioral dermatitis? Anything we might have missed that you think is important for them to know? Um, Look at the toothpaste bit. You know, a lot of us kind Mm -hmm. of use um, a lot of minty toothpaste. We're doing mouthwashes. There's been associations with uh, teeth whitening products. So go slow Uh on that because that oral connection to that inflammation around our face is a thing. For what it's worth, I've had a lady before um, where we worked out that it was her mascara. She wasn't ah. actually she wasn't actually changing it as frequently as <laughs> she should have. Um, and I had a theory that she might have just had too much dermadex mites that yeah. live in her eyelashes and her eyebrows, and that was triggering this inflammatory response. So ah. kind of do a little thing. Same thing with makeup brushes and things like that. I think, you know, just be a bit more pedantic if you're prone to it mm-hmm. and go slow on layering too many cosmetic products. So like, you know, maybe mm. skip the foundation for two mm-hmm. weeks, you know, something simple like that. Yeah. So it's worth simplifying your routine a little bit if you are struggling. Absolutely. Great. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today to talk all things perioral dermatitis. I'll be sending a lot of people to this episode to listen to it. (laughs) You can find Dr. Gwyneth Eason at O Dermatology in Fitzroy if you would like to go and see her. I've heard that we only have 550 dermatologists in Australia, though, so everyone has a wait list, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but, you know, we will get you in. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today. Absolute pleasure. Products we didn't know we needed. Hannah, I'm very intrigued to hear about (sighs) yours. You know, I love my tans. So I have been waiting for this to come online because I tried this 
like months and months and months ago. It is the Coco and Eve Sunny Honey Barley Bronzing Face Drops in Medium Glow. And they're basically just... I wonder if I got one of these as a sample. Do you know what's really good about it is the applicator because basically you unscrew, because face tans can be quite messy, you unscrew the top of it and there's a little like squishy button at the bottom and you just press Ah. that and it comes out. It's so easy to use, like the applicator. And you know, like I obviously love the Coco and Eve body tan. It's a really nice nice colour, nice smell. So it's obviously like the same colour, so it's a beautiful colour. Um, and you can also mix it into your moisturizer or your serum. But I usually just use it as the serum of, for the night and then I'll just add my moisturizer over the top once it's dried. Um, but it does mm-hmm. also have hyaluronic acid in it for hydration. But I think the most important thing is the color is really nice and it's very easy to use. So would it be too deep for me? I don't think so. You would just do one or two drops. I go, okay. I go, I go a bit cray with my um, yeah. face tan. Yeah. But you use the butt button at the base, and you like would do two or three drops. Um, see how yeah. that is, and then you can add more the next day if it's not dark enough. Okay, but you can also use it sort of weekly for maintenance just to like add the mm-hmm. I find with face tan someone did ask me the other day like how do you face tan like when you're using all these serums I and always get asked that honestly as well. you just have to like I don't face tan a whole lot now unless I'm filming yeah. with no makeup on yeah so if I'm filming with no makeup on yes I'll do a face tan but if not I'll usually just have my foundation match to the color of my body yeah because honestly you just if you're using glycolic acid and retinols and anything exfoliating it just does it does come off within a day or two and that's just yeah that's just the fact of it really I reckon we used to wear face tan more when we we're in the office because we didn't really wear makeup in the yeah. office I probably wear face tan less but and, and if I do wear face tan I know it's gonna be exfoliated off within a few days yeah Yep, there's no way to stop it yeah. is what we're trying to say. Is basically yeah. I feel like people think we have like the magic answer and I don't. Yes. There is no magic <laughs> yeah. answer. It just comes yeah. off. <sighs> yeah. So what's yours today? Uh, mine is a little at-home self-care product for any of you still in lockdown. It is the Dermalogica Rapid Reveal Peel. Uh, now, I got this recommended to me. I did a little consultation with Ali from Dermalogica and she recommended this to me. She's like, I think you might like this. So I gave it a whirl on the weekend. I mm-hmm. also put it on my housemate and she liked it as well. So it is, yeah, as I said, the Rapid Reveal Peel by Dermalogica. It's got a blend of AHAs. Um, it's got lactic acid and fermented plant enzymes. So it's really good for just taking off that layer of dead skin. It's not overly harsh though. It's, I'd say it's pretty pretty gentle. It is a professional, they say a professional grade at home peel. So they come in a little like what looks like a pencil case. Yes. And you kind of open it up and it's like, what, how, would it, how would I describe what they are? Tubes? Yeah, tubes. tiny little tubes. Yeah. So you crack open each tube. I'd say you get probably two faces from a tube. Yes. Yeah, it just works to dissolve that like surface dead skin that hangs around and makes you look really radiant and glowy afterwards. I would say if you've got really sensitive skin, avoid. But if not, I'd say anyone can pretty much use it. Um, I really liked it. Yeah, so, I didn't. I didn't think it was overly harsh either for no, a professional not grade to at like home the, peel. Yeah, 
but yeah. they've said professional grade at home peel. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's not <laughs> it's kind of contradictory. Because I, I had a professional grade peel in clinic the other yeah. day, and that certainly is very different to anything you can do at home. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah, there's lots of uh, nice enzymes and things in this peel, but definitely good if you need a bit of a refresher and you can use it like once every couple of weeks or once a week. Um, but yeah, that's mine. You know what I was just doing throughout that recording? Yes. I was, I've got my like legs folded on the chair and I just noticed how smooth my feet still are from Milky Foot. I did that ages ago, but they're so soft still. I really need to do something about it. I just picked off all my shellac. I couldn't. There's nothing. Your feet would be a mess right now. Well, it's actually because I'd let them because I've, of lockdowns, they've just been growing out and they have, they did soften up and they, because I've got the long nails on my fingers, I just like, Mm. you know, like you just use that sort of sharp nail to just push it up and it. And it, they did just come off quite easily. Oh, the shellac. Uh, yeah, the, um, the shellac SNS. on my toes. I thought you meant your dead skin. I was like, no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't the, do the, that. No, no, no. There's hard dead skin. I actually could yeah, use yeah. a bit of milky milky foot. Yes. Oh, my God. By the way, Joe, you posting mm. on your Instagram, you peeling off your skin was so off-brand that I just I was know. like, I love you. You're becoming yeah. me. I loved mm, it. We're morphing into each other. I know. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. that. It's even saved to my highlights. <laughs> you you could have say, you could have shared that to um, OnlyFans for I sure. I absolutely could have, <laughs> and I decided to provide free content because I'm a woman <laughs> of the people. Yes. Uh, but I could have charged... <laughs> creepy thousands for that content yeah now they can get it for free yeah <laughs> now they can get it for free anytime so there might be people that go back to that highlight <laughs> and look at it regularly I'm gonna keep an eye on the viewers for that one yes I loved it but yeah my feet are still really soft I did that ages ago now that was probably the last lockdown we were in when was that May May was it yeah yeah <laughs> I've, I've lost track Been the never-ending lockdown yes yeah we can't complain because our Sydney listeners, we can't. we can't. Yes, yes. If you are a Sydney listener, feel free to reach out to us. We've been through it before. So if you need mm. any tips on how to get through lockdowns, there are also um, old episodes. We did an episode uh, last time we were in our really long lockdown uh, with psychologists. So I would recommend going back and listening to that if you are um, really struggling with it because it really does suck. We absolutely know what it feels like. So. Anyway, uh, we will be back for another episode next week. See you guys. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.